The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The world we live in has become a crazy place. Poverty is at an all-time high in the wealthiest nation on earth. We keep calling on government to save us with new programs, and we now have more people using food stamps than any time in our history. Keep seeking the answer to poverty through government, and the problem will continue to get worse. The answer to poverty is in our homes, churches, and communities, not in Washington or any state's capital. The long-term success of our country will come through our children if we teach them perseverance, humility, honor, character, hope, and love. And love will lead to action. This is The Mickey Ellison Show. How we raise our children today will be our legacy for good or evil. Let's change the world. Now, here is Mickey Ellison. Hello out there and welcome to The Mickey Ellison Show. My name is Mickey Ellison, um, hence the name of the show. Uh, well, thank you for joining us this week. This, we're, we're actually going a little bit away from, from what we've talked about the last few weeks. We're going into an area that, that uh, I think really needs some attention. And if we – it's stereotypes. We, we have different types of, of stereotypes out there, of, and we're really going to hit on a couple today. One is the dumb jock. All, the, all those athletes out there, we, we focus on, on, on the scandals that go on at the University of North Carolina, and all these athletes are so, are, are so dumb. But yet, then we've got the band guys. Man, those guys are weird. And, and, and we're supposed to believe all that stuff. And we also go as far as saying, well, then you've got your group of people in school that are just your nerds. Um, they, they have no athletic ability. They've got on um, black-rimmed glasses with, with some tape on them, and, and, and they're just antisocial. None of that stuff is true. Yes, there are a few people that will fit those bills, but most of us fall in between. And, and I, I have a guest on today, Mike Morgan, who is a, is a head football coach, and at the same time, he te- he's the band director for Agent. Mike, are you here with me? Is that uh, grades 5 through 12? That's correct, Mickey. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming on. Tell us a little bit about yourself and, um, and how in the world can you be a band director and a football coach at the same time? Well, you know, that's a great <laughs> question, Mickey, and you're not the first one to ever ask me that question. You know, I've uh, had that come up several times. Uh, I loved your introduction. Uh, you're so right. Everything, everything out there is a stereotype. And, uh, you know, my whole, my whole life growing up, I've had to fight against stereotypes because I was always an athlete, but I've always been a musician as well. And, and where I grew up, you know, you did, you did both. You were, you know, you were an athlete and you, you were in the band or in the choir and, and I just never, you know, Mickey, I grew up never knowing the difference, that there was really uh-huh. a difference between the jocks and the geeks, you know. And, and uh, one of the things that I talk about, you know, I, I give clinics all over, 
Uh, and and those, that's one of the things we talk about, about breaking down stereotypes and mm-hmm. stop judging books by their covers and, uh, and being able to do a little bit of everything. So, hence, you know, when I'm a, when I'm a band director, I'm in band director mode, and when I'm a football coach, I'm in football coach mode. But the two coexist naturally, you know, in the universe. Yeah, and I think we can – that reminds me of a presentation we did with our Complete Fitness deal, uh, event we had this past Saturday. And when I rent a car and I drive down there, and I do that on purpose. It's, a four, it's an 18-hour drive, but it gives me time to think when I'm alone. Um, I, I called up Budget, and I said, Budget, I want to drive something cool this time. Yeah. <laughs> how, but I don't, want, I don't want $200 extra worth of cool. I'm talking 10 or $12. So I pull up to the to the budget rental car place, and there's this bright red Dodge Chal or not Challenger Charger sitting Charger. in the parking lot. Oh yeah, and this thing has thousand dollar rims on it, and I'm going. Well, this might have been a little much. I asked the lady when I walked up there, did you say, "Hey, give this guy a ticket"? Is that what you were thinking? Because you, I don't. Did you give me a Charger? You made it bright red, so I'm I like a Target. But, but anyway. And in the presentation, um, and I, I, honest to goodness, I didn't have a presentation planned. As I knew the areas I wanted to hit on, but we were asking God to leave what we were doing in, in the event, and, and and it was it was perfect. But I, I, I drew a, a an analogy. I said, "Okay, you guys saw me drive up in this car. It's a sports car, um, and if you didn't already know me, you would have." you would have an image of who I am driving up in that car. But if I drove up in a four-wheel drive with tires big enough to run over that car, you would have a different impression of me. Yeah. Or if I drove up in a clunker, your impression changes again. The truth be known, I'm the same person in all three cars. The only difference is what you think of me, and what you think of me may not even be true. Yeah. Well, Mickey, and you know, we, we talk about this. We, we've learned this since we were children. Don't judge a book by its cover. And, and you know, it's more true the older we get. You know, uh, as I look back on my background, you know, I've got Appalachian roots. You know, my father was one of 16 kids in the haulers of West Virginia. Okay. There we were a coal, a coal mining family. And, and my father and my uncle were bluegrass musicians. So, I can't remember a time, you know, and, and, and bluegrass musicians have their stigma and their stereotypes as well, and we'll talk a little uh-huh. bit more about that. And Yeah, they don't but, have any teeth, do they? No, they exactly. exactly. <laughs> they, they play the stuff from Deliverance, okay? Uh, right. <laughs> but, you know, I can't remember a time where, where my father and my uncle weren't playing the guitar and playing the fiddle. I grew up with that. And, uh, you know, every, every family get-together, there was a guitar and the fiddle, and, you know, my mother... Uh, she was very musical. Uh, she she loved to play music, uh, and we always had music going on around the house. You know, she'd have some opera stuff. Uh, you know, that type of stuff. Dad always had Chet Atkins and some Buck Owens, and then you know, one of his other favorites was Boots Randolph. You know, a saxophone player that was famous for yakety sax. So, I was singing in the church when I was five. I learned to play the guitar, and then you know, for my my fifth grade, my birthday that year, I got a, an alto saxophone, and that was just, that was a cat's meow. And, you know, Mickey, I grew up late 60s, early 70s, and there was a couple groups that, that uh, you know, had a big influence on me. And the, the Beach Boys probably was 
my number one favorite group. You know, I mowed lawns all summer for about four summers just to make sure I could buy albums of the Beach Boys and listen to them. And then as I got older, you know, the Eagles, you know, and their harmony and the way they played. And, you know, I was fortunate to grow up in a small town, you know, in Vail, Oregon, and a school, a town of about 1,700 people. And um, these people were, were supportive of anything that their kids were into. And, you know, at the time, we had, a, uh, and we still do, we have a, had a great athletic program. But about that time, the music program started to come around, too. And, well, I remember watching the kids in the band play, and I thought, holy cow, that's the instrument that I want to play, and that's what I want to do. And, and, and as a kid, you don't think about stereotypes, Nikki. You don't think, well, I don't want to be a, a band nerd. I don't want to be a, a dumb jock. I want to play in the band, and I want to play football. And thank goodness I had great mentors and teachers that allowed us as kids to do both of those and round out our education. Yeah, and we, we live in a world today where um, it's very difficult to do that. In fact, if, if, you, if you're a, an athlete and you decide that, hey, I want to play piano, you're going to take such a ribbing from, from a lot of folks that you're doing both. And, and you know, it, it's, it's really sad. And while we're going to talk a, a little bit about these different types of stereotypes, whether it be athletes, but in reality and in society, they're dangerous. Yeah, they, they yeah, do no, cause. I, I agree with you. You know, um, but but you know, let's let's talk a little bit about you, Mickey. You know, you uh, you graduated from Vanderbilt. You were a baseball player, and uh, you have a little musical background. Is that correct? I do. I played piano up until the time <laughs> I was actually in sixth grade, and it, I didn't stop taking piano because um, I didn't like it because I loved doing it. The problem was my music teacher wanted me to play Beethoven, and I wanted to play. Um, Van Halen. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah, the yeah. sad part is, is that rather than me just going, because I knew enough to continue to play. Yeah. But but anyway, it, the, you know, baseball and basketball took a took a front seat, and that was yeah. what uh, what I really enjoyed doing. But I really today, I still will go back to that piano, and I enjoy the fact that I can't play very good, but right. I can still play some stuff and. You know, I had I told you off air before we started the show. I used to have a cousin of mine, Greg. I'm not going to say your last name, but if you're listening to the show, you know exactly when we did this. We had those little 45, um, the, the little records, and we had a stack of these things. And man, we rocked the house in concerts. I don't know how many times in my brother's bedroom with that big old stereo. But you know, we were. We were doing the, the reason we were doing it is because it was fun. We loved doing you, it. The reason I played baseball, bet. the reason we started, it was fun. The reason we played you basketball bet. was fun. All those things, we were attracted to them because they're fun. And somewhere along the line, we're, we're told at times, well, you can't do both, or it's supposed to be work. And, and, you know, we could actually learn a lot from those kids who do not have those stereotypes. I love the fact that I have two young boys that are colorblind. They don't think you know. Only thing they're not really colorblind, by the way. But when, uh-huh. when when they're talking about somebody else, they don't refer to my my eight year old might say the brown guy over there. That's because his skin color is brown. That's how right. he can determine that it's it's John. Right. But he doesn't think anything about it. But these stereotypes, 
you know, these are the types of things that lead to, to racism, to bigotry, to, to those sorts of things because we, as we become adults, we like to – I think we like to compartmentalize things. We like to make things uh, – we put them in their, in their little spots when in reality, none of us really fit those spots. Heck, I graduated I, – technically, I graduated third in my class in high school. We had about 180, 190 students. Um, I, I got to do the salutatorian speech because we had two people that tied for first. Um, I'd have been okay with that if they'd have just let those two do the speeches, but they didn't uh, give me that option because I could actually speak without without stuttering. Right. And but at the same time, we're I, I was all state in baseball my senior my senior year. May, got a chance to play at Vanderbilt, and and you look at those two things. That's one of the things uh, areas I'd like for us to hit on a little bit first because um, that being the dumb job. Right. You have some some statistics that prove that that may not necessarily be true. Well, and you're right. And you know, let's 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 go back and talk. You touched on a couple things that I'll go back to. First of all, we know that music is a gift. It, it's a gift from heaven. You know, I'm I'm sure when we all get there, Mickey, that that, that there's going to be a lot of great music up there. Okay, because there's a lot of great music down here, and. Music is the lifeblood of what we do. You know, you mentioned about having it on, you know, uh, in your car. You, you listen to it. Athletes listen to it uh, when they get pumped up for ball games. You know, doctors and dentists are smart, too, because they always have music going on to soothe and relax you in, in the waiting room. You know, there's music going on when you're shopping. That's all for a reason, Mickey. That's all to to relax you, get you thinking about something happy, and music is that way, and, then, and that's one of, the, one of the loves that I have about music. The other stuff that you were talking about, we get into the stereotypes. You know, you talk about racism, you talk about bigotry, all those types of things. You know, stereotypes are basically, they're just a fixed, commonly held notion or image of a person or group based on an oversimplification of some observed or imagine trade or behavior appearance. You brought up an excellent example of, of, of what rig you showed up in, and uh, automatically people are judging you. You know, and it, you know, uh, stereotype reflects that you know the the ideas of groups of people hold that are different than themselves, and it takes us, it tends to make us feel superior as a person or a group to the people that we that we stereotype. And you know, you, you talk about it, and this is one of the the examples I use in my talk: mothers-in-law. And you talk uh-huh. about your mother. That's a that's a commonly held, uh, uh, you know, stereotype. You know, Lou Holtz once said, you know, behind every successful man is a very surprised mother-in-law. You know, I remember <laughs> him saying that. And you know, uh, we we all have our. I've got a wonderful one, but we all have jokes about that. And then, you know, the other one is dumb blondes. And then I've got bluegrass music. Certainly, everybody's thinking do 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 when they hear that. And. Uh, so stereotypes are, you know, I think they're damaging. And I think the more people that get out there and, and show you that they can cross over into other things and, and, and make things, you know, make things cool. And, and uh, you know, you talked about the statistics here. And uh, we're going to, you know, uh, we talk about, you know, the, the, the stereotypes and the statistics. We've got to break those down. We've got to dispel the rumors and, and uh, put music on athletics on the same page. Um, let's talk a little bit about statistics here for just a second. Okay. All right. You know, uh, you want to talk about music or athletes first? Oh, well, you, you go. You go because I, right. I, 
I think I can go with either one. All right. Well, and, and the philosopher Plato believed that to be a complete individual, young people needed to participate in the fine arts as well as athletics. Now, if that was good enough for Plato, I think it's good enough for us. <laughs> Let's start about the statistics yeah. of If you've listened to this show for the last nine months, you know I'm not Plato. <laughs> I might be Play-Doh, not Plato. <laughs> Well, the statistics in music tell you that, uh, you know, musicians have better grades and higher attendance rates. They're four more times likely to be recognized for academic achievement, win a school attendance award, uh, participate in science and math. I'm sure that's that whole left brain, right brain thing, Mickey. Uh, be creative in writing. Three times more likely to be elected to uh, a class officer. And here's a big one, and this is one of the things that I sell and have been selling my whole life, scored higher on SAT exams. You know, and that's a proven fact out there that, that musicians generally will score higher on SATs. And uh, for 70% of major universities, participation in music was a deciding factor whether to accept or reject an applicant if it got close. Because they look at music, they look at musicians as being very disciplined. And, and Mickey, whether you're looking at, at a rock grunge band or a bluegrass or a symphony, Musicians are still very disciplined. They still have to put in hours and hours and hours of practice time in order to perfect their craft, just like athletics. So when people look at musicians, they tend to look at very, very disciplined young people uh, and, and know that they're going to be dedicated and that they've put in time and they're willing to put in time to, to make the product great. And do you do you see though in in, in saying in saying that because you know we we'll go to a a, a Bon Jovi or a, a Motley Crue concert and we see the end product and the amount of time I can't imagine you got these guys and gals can turn around and play um, they can play a song but they can play hundreds of songs and be able to remember all that just blows my mind. You know, and, and I actually have uh, um, had the opportunity. One of the folks that's helping us out with complete fitness is a is a girl named uh, uh, Tiffany Sweely, and you know, I I know what type of time she put. I didn't understand it when we were in high school, but the time she put into it and how disciplined she is. And uh, um, we're getting ready to come up on a break, so Mike, I want to. We started with the musicians. Um, we're going to go over to the athletes when we get back because I want to find out what the stereotype of what I was supposed to be when we get back from this break. Mike Morgan and I will be will be here. Hopefully you are too. See you in a minute. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. 
Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned to The Mickey Ellison Show. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or you can drop Mickey an email to mickey at mickeyellison.com. Like our show on Facebook. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Mickey Ellison Show. I am Mickey Ellison. If you're just joining us, thanks for coming on and hearing us. You know, we, we had a great radio show just going on off air. Hopefully, we can translate that to something you get to hear as well. But uh, Mike Morgan is with me today. Mike, what, what high school do you, do you coach at? Uh, I teach and coach at Colfax High School in Colfax, Washington. It's a, it's a small school, about 15 minutes from Washington State University. So we're on the the border of Washington and Idaho, and uh, it's, a, it's a great town, Mickey, about 2,000 people. Uh, my wife and I have been here 23 years, you know. Uh, I've been teaching and coaching for 23 years here in Colfax, and, and uh, my wife and I, my wife's a first-grade teacher, and uh, we have raised three, uh, three grown kids now. All of them were three- to four-sport athletes, and they were all uh, musicians in their daddy's bands. <laughs> yeah, I, I do want to get to that a little bit. For if you're just joining the show, Mike is the ex, is the head football coach at the high school. That what did you say the high school was again? I'm terrible Colfax about that. Colfax High School. Colfax High School, and is also the band director. Now, how does that work during a football game? Well, you know what, and we we're 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 small enough that uh, that that I can have student leaders. You know, and I've okay. got a, every year I've got a, an excellent group of seniors that will run that, and, and they know, you know, I, I tell them this all the time, I joke with them about this, I said, there's a reason I only wear one headphone when I'm down there, and, <laughs> and I said, one of it is, is to listen to my play calling, and the other one is listen to the band while you guys are playing, I said, guys, nothing gets past me, and if I shoot you a dirty look from the field, you know somebody made a mistake. <laughs> Well, today we're we're breaking the stereotypes because we've all heard it. We've heard athletes are are are, are meatheads, and we're we're uh, um, dumb jocks, and musicians are nerds, and they're weird, and um, there really couldn't be for anything further from the truth. And we're having a little bit of fun with the athletes and the uh, and and the musicians, but we're also I believe hitting on a much more important societal issue and, and the dangers of, of having stereotypes and, and how that uh, that does that affects us as adults and and how we could actually learn from young children who don't have those stereotypes. We haven't we haven't they haven't been brainwashed by us into believing that this group of people over here they all think the same way. Even you know if you're a certain color you believe this. Well you know, maybe that's not true. So before we went to the break, you were talking about some of the musicians and and, and the stereotypes with musicians. You're going to hit on athletes now. What about those athletes? Well, you know, and again, because 
I grew up being both. And you know, Mickey, where I grew up in Eastern Oregon, we were all we were all the same thing. You know, my class of kids as we came through, you just you didn't think anything of it. You know, it was a quality sports program, and it was a really quality music program that I credit my band director for for starting there and 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 having an effect on my whole life. Um, so. Uh, for us to be out on the football field and, and then play in the band later on, that was no big deal. It was just another part of what we did during the day. You know, you got seven periods in the day, and, you know, one is for weightlifting, and some are for English and math and science, and then one's for band. And that's just, you just kind of got into that into that routine. And I think that that, you know, parents, I think society, as you were talking about earlier, push you into, you know, one category and saying, you know what, you have to do one thing, and perfect it and do it well and forsake everything else. You know, I've got a young yeah. lady who's uh, who's on scholarship at Baylor University. She's a uh, an opera singer. She's got a beautiful, beautiful voice. Just won, you know, uh, a $10,000 scholarship for singing the national anthem, the best in the United States, and she's a Baylor wow. sophomore. Wow. And when she was younger, though, she was an athlete, grew up in an athletic family. Um, when she got older... You know, she became a cheerleader for my football team. But still, you know, I I, I don't take any credit for her voice, Mickey, okay, because that was <laughs> there's a lot of other people in that. But I was the one that talked to her mom out of making her do classical piano and turning her into a jazz piano player for my jazz band. And uh, all those musical experiences helped her and, and are helping her today, you know, while she's at Baylor. And when she tells kids about her experiences of of being a cheerleader, playing basketball, doing all those other things that she did when she was younger, people kind of shake their head and think, how can, how can you do that? And I, I think it's also easier, Mickey, in a small town. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I do agree with you because I did grow up in a small town. We we, we had the stereotypes, but not not quite as bad. Actually, one uh, Michael Gowan, who was helping us out with Complete Fitness, was he did both. Um, and he is an extremely talented, you know, Tiffany uh, is the really, really, really good singer, but most people don't realize that Michael has the, has a lot of those same talents. He can play the guitar. He can play all those things. I, I unfortunately, um, didn't continue the piano. I guess I'm still alive so I could start back. Right. <laughs> but, um, um, but the, uh, the, the thing that with athletes, you know, I think it even gets worse, and it probably because that's m- the world that I understand. Because I did right. move towards one of those stereotypes. Even the athletes, you even get broken down even into more stereotypes because now you've got the football player, you've got the ba- baseball player, the basketball yeah. player, yeah. and and, and it, you see so much of this this push even towards specialization, where where a kid, you, you he's a great baseball player, so he can't play basketball. Right. Right. And. Uh, and- but, and Mickey, we see that we we see that all the time, you know. As a coach, you know, I've been I've been in coaching for over thirty years, and and I hear this comment from kids, I hear it from parents. Well, I can't do this, you know. Uh, every year, the first question that comes out of my my young fifth graders' mouth is, "Yeah, but I'm involved with the fair. I'm involved with FFA. I'm involved with uh, future problem solvers. I'm involved." I said, "Great, we can do it all. That's what we're here for." You know, growing up is a great big puzzle, Mickey. And and the the wonderful thing about a puzzle is that all the pieces are the same size. Now, they're different shapes, mm-hmm. but they're all the same size. And this is what I tell people at my clinics that I give 
is that you've never opened up a, a, a puzzle box and taken out one gigantic puzzle piece and put it in the middle of a table and then everything else works around it. So that big puzzle piece could be football. It could be music. It could be English. It could be whatever. Everything with, these, with our kids' experiences that we're trying to get them through and their life lessons that we teach in this is that everything has its place. All of them, you know, growing up, everything is a, is a piece of the puzzle. And, and my band piece is no bigger than my football piece. You know, there are times where, and I've done it in the past, because I have 9, 10, 11 of my football players in my band. At one point, Mickey, I had all of them, you know, when they started oh, really? when they were younger. And there are times where I've made them take their helmets off. And, and not, not made them, that's not, that's not the right word, because they're happy to do it and go up and play for, for homecoming, play in the band and, and do that, and, and then go back and, and uh, meet me in the locker room. Um, we've done that a hundred times. Um, huh. So, you know, uh, breaking down those types of stereotypes, and, and when I speak to different, I speak to music organizations and I speak to athletic organizations, and each of those have stereotypes as well. And it's funny, one side will say, well, blah, 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 those jocks, and the other side will go, oh, those band nerds. And I'm just trying to get, hey, can't we all just get along? <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't that be nice? But uh, yeah. you know, the, 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 the jock is one that, that always bugged me a little bit, too, because I was, the, uh, I, I was in that group. And I, I, even though I knew I didn't fit the bill of what they were saying a dumb jock was, it, it just it blew blew my mind away. If if you go to Vanderbilt University, you or Stanford or Duke or somewhere <laughs> like that, you don't think those kids are smart? Oh, yeah, yeah. And you know, yeah. I actually had Tim Corbin on a couple of weeks ago on the show from Vanderbilt, the head baseball coach. And you know, we look at the athletes as being dumb, but I asked him, I said, "What, Tim? Assume outside of athletic ability, because we're assuming if you're recruiting a baseball player, they can play baseball." What is the number one thing you look at? And the number one thing he looked at was grades. So you can't have dumb jocks yeah. and, and athletes at Vanderbilt University and say that those aren't stereotypes. because the, well, and, you know, and Mickey, those, uh, are, those are the old days. It really is. That's the old days. And, and that was, you know, thank goodness things have changed. Thank goodness mm-hmm. that, that, uh, that, that colleges have, 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 you know, cracked down and said, hey, Everybody will get a degree. You're not coming here just to play football. You know, you're coming here to get a, a degree to go out and be successful in the world. Not everybody's going to be a professional football player. So, you know, you credit a lot of change for that, for changing a lot of the, the stereotypes. You know, you talk about the statistics for athletics. You know, I think, uh, you know, on my presentation, mm-hmm. you and I talked a little bit about this. You know, 75 CEOs out of Fortune 500 companies, you know, 95% of those guys were involved with, with sports. And, and we know that athletes have better grades and higher attendance rates. Well, and, hey, and you said we, we know that. You say we know that, but do, does the average person in the population really know that? Oh, no, because of the stereotypes. And I was going to tell you, you know, lower discipline referrals. But if you look at the movies out there that <laughs> paint us as – as dumb jocks, you know, you get those stereotypes where they're, they're drunk every weekend and running around and, and raising all sorts of heck, you know, uh-huh. uh, you know, uh, I'm sure a little bit of that stuff happens, but I think the majority of it, Mickey, I think everybody's pretty well behaved. I, you know, I think, you know, kids get into athletics. They feel like it's an important thing. They're in a, 
they're in a family. And mm-hmm. so you do have lower discipline referral rates, lower dropout rates, higher graduation rates. It keeps you motivated. And I don't know about you when you were in a small town. Um, I didn't show up every day, and no offense to all the English, math, and science people out there, okay? I love you dearly. <laughs> you guys do a great <laughs> job. But that's not why I showed up. That's not why I showed up to school. I showed up because uh, I was looking forward to whatever we were doing, you know, throughout the day, but at the end of the day, and athletics uh-huh. was a big part of that. And, and thank goodness, because my father was the superintendent, so <laughs> I, I had to make sure I was there all the time. Well, you don't know how many times as a as a young kid growing up in high school or, or even in college that the the thought of being an athlete and what you're about to do when you're out in public with a group of friends, it does impact the decision that you make a lot of times. I'll never forget Roy Muburn giving us the, the speech when uh, it was the first day for us freshmen. He says, guys, um, don't ever let me catch you wearing one of my hats in yeah. a bar. Don't yeah. ever let me – he says, I'm not telling you not to go to the bar, but he says, let me make you want crystal clear. He says, you're – especially at that time because we weren't – the program wasn't what it is today. He says, for the most part, the general public does not give a crap about you guys. I'm just using his words. Yeah. They don't give yep. a crap about you. But you go out there and you hit somebody driving a car drunk or you do get in a fight, and you're going to be on the front page of the Tennessee, and if you're really good at doing something really bad, you'll wind up on ESPN. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's so and true, Mickey. That's what we, that's what, those are the people we see. We see the Ray Rices out there. That's who we see. We don't see uh, – well, Peyton Manning's a, ba- a bad example, but, you know, we – I don't know how many football players there are in the NFL, but I got a feeling that, that Ray Rice is in the minority of that bunch. Oh, I agree with you. I agree with you. You know, uh, and, and you know, which brings us to the point of, and I know this is you're all about character education, Mickey. You were you were brought up with it. You know, you've had Bruce Brown uh, from Proactive Coaching. You've had Rob Miller, and then Coach Corbin. Certainly, you know. Uh, what a great guy! He's one of our clients at Proactive Coaching as well, and uh-huh. and um, it's 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 character issues, it's breaking down stereotypes, but it's it's teaching our young people life lessons as we go, and I, I think that's what teaching and coaching is all about. It doesn't matter what level you're doing, Mickey. You know whether you're teaching you know eight and nine year olds or whether you're teaching fifteen sixteen year olds, so that they you know they have honor, they have character, they have heart, they have respect. You know, when they get up into the to the ranks of college uh, athletics, college musicians, uh, same thing when they get into the pros. You know, and and again, not everybody goes pro in, in athletics or music. Everybody goes pro in something different. Right. But right. life lessons of, of of what we try to teach our young people to, and and what your coach was telling you about your hat in the bar. That's a life lesson right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and it. And it is so true. And I was trying to think. I hope I didn't just lose my train of thought. But we, we as a, as as coaches, um, I think we we at times get so caught up, especially younger coaches who haven't had some some training through someone like Bruce or, or some other coach that that coached them as a kid. We get so caught up in making sure we do these certain drills. We got to be able to coach the game a certain way. And in in the end. If that's what the kids remember, actually, they won't remember that. You know, yeah. I, I we have kids, what they will remember is when I stepped out on, on that mound and he was ready to give up. And I looked at him and I said, you can't quit because I'm not going to let you quit. 
I believe in you. The other eight guys believe in you. And as soon as you start believing in yourself, you're going to do amazing things. So get it through your mind right now. In this situation, I am not taking you out, and I'm going to love you the same whether you fail or whether you succeed. Well, Mickey, and what you're doing is you're practicing intentional coaching. That's what you're doing right now. You're you're becoming a coach or a teacher of significance in, in the lives of these young people. And, you know, that's one of the things that, that you know, I've listened to Bruce Brown, you know, the head of proactive coaching. Mm-hmm. I've, I've been listening to him for 20-some years since I've been in the state of Washington, and, and he's talked at just about every conference I think I've ever been at. And, you know, the wonderful thing about Bruce is that your arm goes into spasms and cramps when he's talking because you write down <laughs> so much stuff. But the thing that drew me to Bruce and to his organization was the fact that there is more to it than X's and O's. There is more to life than, you know, can we run, the, you know, off tackle? Can we, uh, can we block a split six? You know, how do we defend the, the, the pistol offense? Uh, you know, uh, what's, your, what's your bunt situation in baseball? <laughs> it, it's, it's the stuff you were just talking about, Mickey, about going out and, and, and being a, a visible, supportive part of these young people's lives and, and investing in them. And, you know, one of the things we talk about all the time in our organization is that, you know, as a, as a teacher and as a coach, how many, you know, how many wedding uh, invitations do you get when, when the kids are older? How many times do they call you and say, hey, coach, uh, we just had our first baby boy? Or, you know, that's being a, that's being a teacher and a coach of significance. And I, I see my role in, in, as a coach and a music teacher as the same way. Now, I'm not grooming my kids in Colfax to be music teachers. That's not what, I'm, that's not what we're there for. Uh, I'm, I'm teaching them to be great students, to be great friends, to be a great husband or wife, to be a great father, uh, you know, a mother. Uh, I'm teaching them to be, you know, a great people in society. And my, my classes are chock full of life lessons. And, and my poor seniors, Mickey, you know, I've, I've got them since fifth grade. You know, we go five through 12. <laughs> that's, that's eight years. Sometimes that's longer than some marriages, Mickey. Okay. So we, we spend a great deal of time together. And by the time I start to get up on my soapbox, I can see the seniors kind of roll their eyes a little bit and go, all right, here's speech number 432. <laughs> and, and I said, okay, then recite it back to me. And they'll tell the freshmen, and we'll move on from there. But because of those things, you know, we, um, I still have a, just a, a ton of contact with my kids who have left. Um, I see them at 10-year reunions, 20-year reunions. And, uh, you know, it's nice to have a presence in their life. And, and I think we're shortchanging, Mickey, whether you're a, a youth coach or a college coach or, you know, a pro coach. I think you're shortchanging people when, uh, when you don't invest into their lives and, and, and teach them skills as opposed to, you know, how to hit a fastball. Yeah, and I think you're probably actually shortchanging yourself at the same time. Because yeah. we. No, I we, agree, you know. Uh, <clears throat> there was a great quote that we had, I think, uh, it was from Mark Twain the other day that says, you know, the two most important days in your life is the day you were born and the day you realize why, you know. <laughs> and and uh, I've been thinking a lot about that quote, you know. Uh, why, are, why are you put on this earth? Uh, do you have a purpose driven life you have a is there a reason that you're here you know mickey i tried you know when i was uh, after I, I taught for four years 
I was really, really set on being a college football coach, and that's what I wanted to do with my life. And and I, I went to I went to extremes to try to make that happen. I was married and and had two kids at the time, two small kids, and my wife, bless her, you know, said that she was going to she's going to support me no matter what I wanted to do. So I had to, you know, we had two full time jobs. I, I both of us had to quit our jobs. And I had to be a volunteer, a co- volunteer assistant coach at Washington State University for Coach Mike Price. And so we both went unemployed. We both pulled out all the savings that we had. We moved from a four-bedroom house to a two-bedroom apartment. And uh, we, we got after this thing. I started my master's program but coached there for a year. And what I realized, Mickey, is number one, that it was one of the greatest years of my life. I loved Coach Price. He was a great, great guy, and he really treated me well. I, I met a lot of great guys uh, that, that are still important in my life, but I realized that I had less impact on these guys who were 21, 22 uh, years of age, and I started missing the classroom. I really did, and, and I, I realized I, that I could be more effective and, and that, that I, was, I was put on this planet to raise my children because I saw my kids when they were sleeping in the morning and when they were sleeping at night when I got home. And well, I let's, talk about, let's talk about that when we get back from this break. Justin's okay. shooting me stuff over here saying we got to go to one now. Um, okay. We'll be back with Mike Morgan in just a second. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned to The Mickey Ellison Show. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or you can drop Mickey an email to mickey at mickeyellison.com. Like our show on Facebook. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Mickey Ellison Show. I am Mickey Ellison and head football coach and band director at is it Colfax? Did I get that right? Yes, sir. Colfax. Colfax. Colfax, uh, Washington, right? 
Yes, sir, out in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> All right. Mike Morgan is with us today. Hey, we went to the break, and you, you were telling a story uh, about – um, when you went to to coach at the uh, at the college level and all the sacrifices that you made, continue with that story because you told a little bit of that off the air, and I, I think the listeners need to hear that. Well, we talk about you know you and I have had, had discussed this a little bit before. Why are we here? Why are we on this planet, Mickey? You know, uh, you and I both certainly have a, a strong faith uh, and, and believe that we were placed here for a reason. And I've always felt that way. People have asked me, Mike, how come you're, you stay in a small school? Well, because I think in my corner of the world, you know, I can, I can have a positive influence on young people. And, you know, when I was, when I was at the college level, and again, there's, I'm, I'm not stereotyping our college guys either. There's wonderful coaches at the college level, and I met a lot of them and worked with a lot of them. But, you know, I got to, I got to spending more time with these guys than I did with my family, with my two children. And I just felt that I wasn't as effective as I needed to be. So I remember the, the day I went into my, my friend, Ted Williams, who's a running backs coach right now for the Philadelphia Eagles. And I sat down, I kind of plumped down in a chair and he said, what's going on, Morgan? And I said, coach, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And he said, he said, Mike, do you really want to coach college football? He said, he said, because I'll get on the phone, and I'll find you a spot. Okay. Mm-hmm. He said, but are you ready to move uh, eight times in the next ten years? And I said, no, coach, I'm not. And he said, then go back to high school. Go back to teaching. Go back to what you do. He said, that's what you do. And, Mickey, that was a, that was a life-altering moment at that point. And mm-hmm. so that was the spring, and uh, the, the Colfax band job opened up. And I applied and got the job. 23 years later, I'm still doing what I'm doing. And I've, I've flirted with being an administrator. I have my master's in ed administration. And I've, I've done the principal thing a couple times uh, here and there. And, uh, and I just I can't seem to get out of the classroom because, you know, because I, I, I think that's just where uh, I've been called to be and where I belong. And, and you know, we, we were talking off air. And... and you know that, and this isn't meant to be a complete fitness show today, but I do want to go t- touch on it a little bit because um, we do look for what we're. Well, sometimes you, you you just get to going through life, and you don't you stop looking for what your what your your why and why you're here. Yeah, and um, and that's a sad state of affairs. But I I, I woke up as we were putting together this program that we were we did last Saturday, and and we're like I said, we're getting ready to. To plan on one in Pennsylvania, we're getting ready. I got approached about some from someone here in town, saying, "Hey, when are you right. guys going to do one of those here?" And I'm going, "What? We all we had 12 people show up." Um, yeah. But but all of the stuff that I have been through, and I'm not going to go into detail on those with the debt, with 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 the problems of being in, in the industry that I am in right now as a financial planner. I honest to God, I don't think that's where I'm supposed to be long term. I think it was part of an education. Of, right. Now I have a completely different outlook on debt than I would have had if I had not had this industry plus the personal debt that we had to deal with. Right. And Tiffany Sweely at our at our event Saturday, we, we literally put this thing together, Mike, and, and we didn't – when we planned the date, we had no idea what we were going to do. And even when we got there… It was I, I, one of my prayers was that, that it be God's will, not mine, and that the people He wanted to be there would be there, despite what the numbers would be. 
Right. And I got to be honest with you, I was a little disappointed there's only 12. I mean, heck, I traveled 12. 1,200 miles one way just to do this thing <laughs> right? in, in a car, in, in a really cool red car. Yeah, but, a very cool but, red. <laughs> uh, but I didn't even get it until Tiffany spoke. Tiffany sang um, for – she sang a song, and then she, she spoke for about – I don't know. It might have been two or three minutes, maybe five minutes. And she, she put it this way, and, and she says, imagine your life. And I'm probably butchering this a little bit. She says, imagine your life. You've got uh, um, five years. You're going to plan the next five years out of your life. What are the seven things that you're going to do to get you to where you want to be in five years? And she talked a few more minutes, and then she reversed it. She goes, now, imagine you have seven days to live. Who or what are the five most important things you're going to do in those next seven days? Because suddenly your priorities change. Yes, our goal is to help people with debt. We've got a group of people right now that have agreed to give $1 a day. And then at the end of the month, we're going to put those dollars into an envelope. We've already got one person we've picked out until she's out of debt. She doesn't know it yet. We're going to send those dollars to her. And when she's out of debt, we're going to another one. And we're going to keep doing that. As, and hopefully, you know, if it's just the five of us, we'll keep doing it the five of us. Hopefully millions yeah. will join us because people are drowning in it. But when she said that, it made me realize that, you know, we're working hard to help people get physically fit. We're working hard to help them get financially fit. But what if you only have seven days? And every one of us at some point has those seven days, except God doesn't tell us when they are. Exactly. And, you know, Mickey, you, you're, now, you're now breaking down your stereotype as well, you know, you're a financial planner, and then you're kind of you're kind of going totally across grain here, and that's the beautiful thing about breaking down stereotypes because nobody would think a financial planner would be heading into this venture, but you know, you're you've got a lot of gifts, and and that's one of the things you know when we talked about coming on this show about stereotypes, there's so many gifts hidden in everybody, you know, we've all been we've all been blessed, I mean, uh, abundantly blessed, and to to give of ourselves. Uh, is I think is one of the highest callings certainly, and, and I'm certainly supportive of, of, of what you're doing and, and uh, your organization. Yeah, and and again, it's 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 coming together as to what what it is going to actually be about. But the, those are the things because in in the end, where are you going to go in those at the end of those seven days? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. what that that and that was, if we live we live our life to plan for the next five years, but we also live our life in a way that that. We only have seven days left. If we lived every single day as right. if we only had seven days left, our priorities would change. Your priorities changed when you had that, that meeting with, with, uh, with Coach, uh, Coach Williams. Yep. Y- your priorities didn't change. He just put it into perspective for you. No, he sure and, did. And thank goodness that, that you know, there are mentors that are placed in our paths, Mickey. You're, you're also doing the same thing with your, with your youth coaching that you're doing. You're a mentor to these young people teaching them life lessons and altering what they're going to do with their lives. And I believe that's what your show is all about as well. Yeah, and and we'll keep doing it as long as God gives us breath to do it and, and uh, I can afford to be on. But I could use a few more sponsors. That's something that I could use because it does cost to do it. And I, I say that jokingly, but it is true. Um, yeah. For us to continue to do it, there, there's going to need to be some sponsors that come in and help out a little bit. But uh, we're good for, for a little while. But anyway, what is the, the, 
we probably only have a few minutes left. And before okay. I he, I get the uh, the text over here that says I have four minutes left, what is it that you want people to take from what, what you do and, and, and what you want them to get from this show today? Well, you know, we talked about breaking down stereotypes. And let me just uh, let me give you a run through a list here real quick because you, you've seen the you've seen the my presentation here of, of guys who are stereotyped. Okay. You know, Andre Agassi, what people don't know is that he's an excellent classical piano player. Doug Flutie has his own band. Okay. The former Heisman trophy winner has his own band. He's a drummer in that. Um, you, you've got John McEnroe who turns out to be an excellent left-handed guitar player. And I'll tell you, you know, the one that, 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 that shocks people is our very own in the Pacific Northwest. We're really, really proud of this guy, okay, Pete Carroll, and we love him, you know. But what people don't know, and I, I don't know if I sent you the clip, Mickey, you but did, you can you see did. it on YouTube, of him playing a little honky-tonk piano. And, and that's not, he's tearing it up. And, uh-huh. and so, you know, who would think that the Super Bowl winning coach could sit down and bang out the piano and have his guys when he was at SC singing along with him to Rock and Robin, you know. Uh, those are cool things. What I want to get across to people is, is, is don't, don't pigeonhole anybody. Uh, and, and, and that's everybody, teachers, coaches, parents. Explore the talents that every one of our kids have and, and, and allow them to, to find a direction because they will. They'll find a direction with good guidance. And, and they'll, they'll do something positive with their lives, support it all, and, uh, you know, make sure that you love them in the process and accept whatever they happen to do. Yeah, and there, there are teachers and coaches out there alike that, that do – they don't mean to, but a lot of times they do a lot of damage to, to kids because you can find it at, at a lot of high schools. There is that one teacher that just can't stand the athletes. I don't know yep. why, because she's got the stereotype. But then yep. on the other hand, you've got that coach that can't stand the musicians, or, 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 or they can't stand, heck, they can't stand that teacher that doesn't like the athletes. <laughs> when well, in reality, might, we're, we're yeah. in it together. We're in it to, to create better people. You know what? It doesn't matter if a kid can come out of school and be able to, to quote some passage from uh, Romeo and Juliet. Does that really matter? Yeah, you know, yeah. Does, does it matter that that I can uh, a, a kid can step back and throw a ball sixty yards or eighty yards or a hundred right. yards? I don't know how far in, in in the grand scheme. But what matters is those lessons that they're getting. And if you're one of those teachers out there that are hating on the the athletes or the coaches, hating on the musicians, you just stop and think of the damage that you're doing to an individual every single time you do it. No, and you're absolutely right. You know, we've got to look at the what's best, a holistic approach to how we raise kids. And, and, and uh, the more talent that you have, the better off you'll be able to survive out in the real world. And that's one of the things we preach about a lot, Mickey, is just preparing our kids for the next step, the next level. Because, uh, you know, high school, all that stuff lasts for four years. And then after that, you've got 65 to 70 years to figure it out. Okay? Yeah. And, and hopefully we're going to give you the tools and the training to get it done up until that point. Yeah. And Mike, hey, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. We're, we're right at the end of it. Before we go, I want to uh, tell you guys that are listening, next week we're actually having Tiffany Swilly back on the show and Alicia Smith, who is the person who will be responsible for getting us to Pennsylvania to talk about what we did last week, what we learned. And we're going to continue to post on the Complete Fitness Facebook page. We hope you will join us in, in this journey. And, uh, Mike, thank you so much for what you do and, and, and proving that uh, the stereotypes are wrong. 
Mickey, I appreciate the opportunity to be on your show, and, and God bless you, and I hope things turn out well for you. All right, and hopefully Complete Fitness will come to Washington. We'll get to meet in person. Sounds like a good plan, Mickey. All right. All right, see you guys next week. Tiffany Swilly and Lester Smith are coming on. See you then. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. so much for joining us on the Mickey Ellison Show. Mickey plans to be here again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We hope you'll be here, too.